0: Zach Wilson, and it goes to Corey Davis. Crowder trying to get him out of space, oh, oh, slips no, no, no. a tackle, and there he goes. Crowder, it's a foot race, and Crowder is in there. A 69-yard touchdown. He'll hit, hit immediately. got the handoff. You know and <laughs> the q Oh, my gosh. Thank you. From the playlikeajet.com digital studio This is Play Like a Jet My name is Scott Mason You can follow me on Twitter At playlikeajet1 And we are going to recap The Broncos and the Jets today From mile high 26-0 the Broncos win this one The Jets lifeless on offense once again I don't know how much you could even say About how bad this was Not just from a performance standpoint But even just from an entertainment value standpoint it's, of course, the post-game report with Andy Vasquez, our friend covering the Jets for NorthJersey.com. Andy is in Denver. Watch this game from the press box. Andy, was it as tough to watch in the press box as it was on television?
1: Yeah, I mean, it was bad. I mean, it wasn't like a real football game. It didn't feel like it felt like, you know, the same stuff that we were doing early in the pandemic, not early in the pandemic, early in the season last year when, you know, the Jets didn't have any offensive weapons and they didn't have a quarterback, except for now they have a quarterback and they have some weapons, but they just can't do anything. Um, you know, they haven't scored in eight an offensive touchdown in eight quarters or any touchdown. And that's two full games. They're averaging six points a game. Um now they're making stupid penalties. It it's all the same it's all different people and the same stuff, and people, you know, get on us about being negative, but like, what do you want us to say about that like honestly like what do you walk away feeling good about from watching that i I don't i don't know i don't know what it would be um but i would imagine if that's your team you'd be frustrated that they've gone you know two full games in two full weeks without scoring a touchdown so yeah it wasn't watchable um if i guess that's a short answer to your question
0: one positive, and I don't want to say this is a major positive, but it's a positive of some sorts. On a day when there wasn't much to look at of a positive nature, Zach Wilson was significantly better today than he was last week. Wouldn't have taken much considering how bad he was. He did have two interceptions, but one of them was absolutely not his fault. Went right through Braxton Berrios' hands. He was 19 of 35 for 160 yards, which sounds terrible, but let's remember that there were a ton of times when his receivers and his weapons around him straight up let him down. Corey Davis had two terrible drops, one of which was a great throw by Wilson on the run under duress What would have been a first down inside the 10-yard line Corey Davis couldn't come down with it He had an easy first down to Michael Carter Carter couldn't hold on An easy first down to Ty Johnson Johnson couldn't hold on a pick that went through Berrios' hands, that would have been a first down. Corey Davis had another drop at another point in the game. So really, Wilson played a lot better than the box score indicates. He wasn't Joe Montana today, but certainly a lot better. And if we want to take anything positive out of this game, I suppose that would be one of the few things.
1: I mean, yeah, I guess. He, he, it's hard to evaluate how he played, though, because you know his weapons let him down. The offense can't score or do anything so I mean look yes he was better than he didn't throw four interceptions in his first 10 passes he he doesn't seem to have hurt himself despite taking some punishment those are those are good things and you know the whole line that that Wilson and the Jets are going through is that we're going to learn from these uh you know these growing pains and, and get better and uh problem is that the team seems to be getting worse with every game and it's it's not like it's one thing. It's one game. It's Wilson costs them, and the team plays well. And then when Wilson plays okay, the, the rest of the team plays so bad they have no chance. Uh, it, it's just um, you know it seems like every time they they stick a thumb on the hole in the in the bucket, another another leak springs. So it's very early in the season, but um, again, it's, I find it hard to you know take much away from Wilson's performance today just because, I mean, the, the offense didn't score. So I, it's hard to feel good about that when that's kind of uh, the goal. But, but again, it could have been worse. He could have hurt himself. He could have thrown, you know, a couple more interceptions, and they could have been interceptions when they, when they really mattered. Um, he was able to get through that part of the game without doing that, and I think that's, you know, something that's not a bad sign.
0: The offensive line let him down big time, too, in addition to the weapons. He was under duress all day, got tossed around. As you said, he easily could have gotten hurt. Thankfully, he didn't. They couldn't run the ball very effectively either. The leading rusher was Michael Carter, nine carries for 24 yards, an average of 2.7 yards per carry, and Andy, if we're being honest about this, the Broncos were better significantly at every position on the football field with the possible exception of interior defensive lines. So there's a reason why the Broncos were favored by double digits today. I don't think it's that the Jets lost. It's that they lost in such an embarrassing way where, as you said, the offense did next to nothing. And even the defense, which hung around at points, just got tired and the levy broke, I suppose you could say, and the Broncos were able to get done what they needed to get done. They probably could have scored a lot more points if they had converted touchdowns instead of field goals on a variety of different occasions. But again, it's not that the Broncos won. It's that the Broncos won like this and that the Jets played like this.
1: The Jets just did so much to help them win. Uh, I mean, it's like the Jets are already in the situation where they need to do everything right to to be in a game Mm -hmm. against a team like this after a bad, you know, loss at home. And then they come out and they don't do anything right. I mean, you're talking about penalties on field goals and, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, just really silly stuff. The stuff that was kind of the hallmarks of of eras of bygone of, of Jets, you know, bad play. So... Yeah, it's, it's frustrating to watch, or or it's got to be frustrating for Jets fans to watch. It's just one of those things that like, they did everything they could to help the Broncos win this game when they didn't need to do anything, and it could have been much worse. Like like Greg Van Roten said that is, like, the defense actually did a pretty good job of keeping them out of the end zone because it could have been a lot more lopsided, and the Jets were lucky that it wasn't.
0: Play like a Jet, play like a Jet As you said, this was just an undisciplined, ugly performance With the penalties and all that Eight penalties for 89 yards Jets shot themselves in the foot time after time And even cost themselves three points Because Amendola hit a field goal from 56 yards And then because there was a delay of game It got backed up five yards At that point, Salah elected to punt it didn't get any better from there. That was their one chance to score, and they weren't able to cash in. So, overall, just a dreadful performance. And I think that's why Quinn and Williams said what he said after the game. We're going to go inside the locker room in a second, Andy, but before we do that, because I know these guys talk to you, a couple of them didn't talk at the presser, but they did talk on television. One of them was Quinn and Williams, as I just alluded to. Janae Coakley spoke to him on SNY. She asked him about the big day that he had with One and a Half Sacks. He stopped her and said he wasn't interested in talking about the one-and-a-half sacks. He wanted to talk about what went wrong with the team and proceeded to go on a five-minute rant about how basically everything they did just wasn't good enough. And as much as it's frustrating to hear anybody talk like that because you don't want them to be in a position where they have to say something like that, it felt like it was cathartic to hear one of the best players on the team Take on that type of leadership role Where he was essentially saying What needed to be said And he very easily could have just focused On the positives and talked about his One and a half sacks Instead he chose to address what he feels Is really wrong with the team And what needs to be improved upon And again there's not a lot of silver linings From today but I suppose You could say that Quentin Williams Stepping into that leadership role And saying what needed to be said Would be a small silver lining
1: yeah, I think that's definitely a good thing that that you can take out of this day in terms of uh, Quinn stepping into that role. Um, I mean, he's in his third year; he should be he should be doing that, you know. And I thought Zach Wilson said some of the right things and handled himself well as well, which is always you know an encouraging thing. Um, but yeah, I mean, look, Quinn Williams was on a winner at Alabama. Um, I'm sure he's didn't envision his early career going like this. He's probably sick of losing. So it makes sense. And, you know, I think everybody at this point is a little frustrated in that locker room, even though there's some new guys, you know, there's enough from last year that they just don't want to do this again and they're well on their way to doing it again. So I think, you know, I don't think anybody's feeling real good about individual games at this point until they find a way to win it.
0: He wasn't the only one who had some words after the game and was fired up. Again, before we go into the locker room and talk about what was said by Robert Sala and the players who spoke to you guys, I wanted to address what Michael Carter said. And this was something that he actually corrected what I typed out. He said that I misquoted him slightly. I thought that there wasn't a huge difference between what I had typed and what he said. He said you can sort of make that determination for yourself Here's what I had him saying. Our youth shouldn't be an excuse. It should be an advantage. We're told football is a young man's game and we need to start acting like it. I don't want Jets fans getting used to this. We need to show we want to win even more than they want us to. And what Michael Carter said when he corrected me Is that he didn't say the last part He said fans need to trust that we want to win more than they do Either way, like I said, I don't really think it's that different But the point is that you can just see that he's frustrated here And he wants to win so badly And it's hurting him inside that they're playing this poorly Quinn and Williams is very frustrated They know something's wrong I'm not entirely sure what they're going to do to fix it But at least we're not getting deluged with quotes Of players saying stick with us It'll get better These guys understand there's a problem And know that this isn't the path forward That something's got to be done
1: Yeah I mean I think you know they're very good at all Saying the right things And, and that's a nice thing to have But it doesn't really matter until they figure out How to win games and, and stop Doing this and and having these performances and it's just, um, you know, it seems like a pretty big undertaking. It's just, you hear the coaches and the players saying that they're close and then they come out and have a game like this. And it, you know, kind of makes you wonder why they think they're close. Uh, And and you never know what's going to turn it around or if if it's going to turn around or anything like that. But I think, yeah, at this point, I, I think, you know, the frustration is real. I think nobody... It's you know it's a new crop of guys mixed with an old crop of guys, but a lot of everybody's young and nobody wants to be part of a team that is a a laughing stock around the league. So nobody wants that to be part of their identity, and um, they're trying to figure out how to change it. And obviously, it's not an easy fix.
0: Andy, one other thing that got talked about a lot after the game by fans, by people on television is that it's only been three games, but Mike LaFleur seems to be in over his head so far. He doesn't seem to really know what he's doing, and he's not helping Zach Wilson, and certainly the offense is struggling. I'm going to let you get into what Robert Salas said about this in a little bit, but is it possible that at some point the Jets sit down and say, how can we help LaFleur? Help himself is there a Consultant somebody with Experience I actually Mentioned to a friend of Mine earlier maybe they Could reach out to Mike Shanahan and bring him on As a paid consultant as Far as I know he's not Doing any work for money Right now nobody would Know the Shanahan offense Better than Shanahan Himself so maybe somebody Like that but something's Got to be done because When you've got a rookie Coordinator and a rookie Coach and it's going this Badly this early you Better steer the ship quickly or it could really go off the rails
1: yeah I mean I think we have to take a step back and it is only three games and and they did play against three very good defenses but the other thing is like all these defenses are ranked so high because they played against the Jets too and they've only played three games Um, so I don't you know I don't know if that excuse I just think it's too early to like go doing anything like that but it's everything it should be all hands on deck in that building at this point trying to figure out what they can do better and you know this is where robert sala has to have a hand in everything and make sure that everything's being run the way he wants it to be and making sure that his input is getting in there um because yeah it's, it's not now it's a trend it's not working and, it, and it's bad and i think you know, it may, you may be hitting the emergency or the panic button a little bit harder if Wilson comes out today and looks like he did against New England. Mm-hmm. Um, but he didn't, so that's, you know, it's too, it's too early to hit the eject button on this thing and go shake everything up. I mean, we're talking about literally they played their first game two weeks ago. But, yeah, they, they're going to need to show progress, some serious progress in the next few games where I think everything will be on the table because, like you said, You you only get so many games in a rookie quarterback season to develop them, and uh, you don't want it to go so far off the rails that you can't salvage anything from this.
0: Andy, another thing that has to be talked about, and I know we've talked about this a million times, but after watching today, it's impossible not to have this thought. Corey Davis, who's supposed to be the number one receiver, last week, a disappointing outing. And then again today, five catches, 41 yards, and had those two big drops. Keelan Cole didn't give you much. Braxton Berrios didn't give you much. In fact, that ball went through his hands that I talked about for an interception. Denzel Mims was inactive. Jamison Crowder was inactive. And we still can't figure out what the story is there. I think the Jets coaching staff has run out of excuses. When what you're doing isn't working, you've got to go in another direction. Denzel Mims has got to get an opportunity And whatever's going on with Jamison Crowder Has got to get resolved Because say what you will He's not Randy Moss He's not Terrell Owens But he's one of the most reliable receivers That they've had in the last few years And if he's able to play He's got to play
1: Yeah, I mean, as far as I know He suffered a setback on his with his groin injury last week And, and that's why he's not on the field It doesn't seem to be any other reason But, you know, we'll see as, as time goes on. And then with Mims, yeah, I mean, he already had one catch for 40 yards in the three snaps that he's played this year. You know, nobody else has really stepped up like that. I'm not saying it was him who did anything on that play, it was obviously the throw by Wilson. But like, you got to start. There really isn't a good reason not to have him out there, especially when you're a team that can't find a way to make explosive plays. And this is a kid with explosive play potential. So to me, uh, the mims thing uh, continues to be you know just ridiculous you can't say he's he looks great in practice every week and then the other guys are better than him but they're not performing in the game you and, and not move him up so I would imagine at some point soon it's probably going to change because you got to change something up when you haven't scored a touchdown in two full games
0: Speaking of changing things up, the guy who'd be responsible for that, Robert Sala, spoke to you in the press room, not you alone, but all of the members of the Jets beat. What did he have to say?
1: Yeah, I mean, he had a lot of things to say. He was a little downtrodden. Basically, he was asked, you know, is offense broken? He said, it's not broken, but everything has got to be better in terms of everything's just it's not running with the precision that they need. The quarterback isn't getting rid of the ball fast enough. The offensive line isn't blocking well enough. The receivers aren't making the plays they need to make. And the and the plays aren't being called well enough. So, I mean, that's saying a lot without really also saying anything. Um, like, we all know that it's not going well, and a lot of people are to blame. But um, they haven't been able to make the adjustment to fix that, and that's on them at this point because it's not like – the defenses have gotten harder as the time has gone on. They've had a pretty stiff challenge in all three of these defenses. And I think, you know, this Denver defense is very good, but it was also vulnerable in some ways. And the Jets obviously couldn't find any of those vulnerabilities, which is concerning because even at times against the Patriots and Panthers, they, they did find some vulnerabilities there. So um, he also talked about how well the team has been practicing. And again, that means very little to me. Because it doesn't matter. They don't. We don't. You don't get a record for how well you do in practice. Mm-hmm. Nobody judges anybody on that. Um, they need to figure out how to make whatever is happening in practice happen on the field when it counts. So that was another line. I mean, Salah is staying generally positive. He Said there are positives you can take even from a game like this. But you know, he you can see that he knows that this is. Bad right now and it's going to be tough to turn it around but to his credit he has always said that you know they're going to be dealing with adversity uh, and now they are so it's it's on him and everybody else in that in that room to uh, get things headed back in the right direction which is not going to be easy obviously
0: we heard from a couple of the players Sheldon Rankins Greg Van Roten Zach Wilson talk to me about what you heard from these guys
1: Yeah, I mean, Sheldon Rankin's uh, reiterated what he said last week, which is like, this is going to be a process. It's going to take time. It's not going to be pretty. Um, But, you know, we need to go through this because we're trying to change the culture. I mean, he's a very steady guy. He said again that this isn't like our standard and it's not going to be who we are, but this is part of like the growing pains process. So that's kind of like the line that fans aren't going to like, but that's how these guys are trying to kind of deal with what they're going through right now. Zach Wilson, he, uh, again, he said kind of similar stuff. He, he admitted that it's hard uh, to stay positive when you're going out there and not scoring and, and taking a bunch of big hits, but also acknowledge that like it doesn't do you any good to get down and frustrated because it's just wasted time. So he said he doesn't have a problem staying positive and staying focused on, on the moment. Um, but he just also said that he knew it was going to be a challenge coming to a, a team like this that was trying to rebuild everything. And it has been a challenge. He wouldn't say if it's harder than he expected, but he did admit he hasn't been through anything like this before. and He's figuring it out as he goes. And then, you know, Corey Davis, I, I think I've mentioned it before, but he said that he needs to do a better job of, of making the plays that are there for him. And he also said that he thinks the team is, is more talented than this and, and too talented to be scoring zero points in a game, uh, which obviously they didn't prove that today. But his point is, and this was a point from everyone in the locker room: these guys, they kept saying, talking about self-inflicted mistakes. That that's what they're, that's what's really hurting them, and that's frustrating for them. And they need to figure out how to clean those up. And obviously, it's deeper than that, but um, that would be a good place to start. And I think they, they know that, and they understand how frustrating it is to watch because they they feel it in the locker room. Um, and they're going to try to fix it. So it's a good place to start, but it's clearly this is a process, and it's going to take some time for the Jets.
0: Andy Elijah Moore left the game with a head injury. Where are we with him, and anything else injury related?
1: Yeah, with Moore, we just know that he's in the concussion protocol now. So you know that can be a situation where it you get out of it pretty quickly, or it lingers. Now usually it means you're going to miss a week at least. So I, you don't know if things could change, but probably a pretty good chance you won't be out there next Sunday against the Titans. But, um, yeah, and and that was really the only major injury for the Jets today. Um, outside of that, they, they ended up getting out of it pretty clean, um, which, again, is, a, is a, another positive in a not-so-positive day.
0: Andy Vasquez covering the Jets for northjersey.com. Thanks so much for coming on and breaking down the Jets getting beaten by the Denver Broncos 26 to nothing in Denver. I hope things go a little bit better when we speak next Sunday when the Jets are back home to take on the Tennessee Titans. I appreciate you joining me. I hope you have a safe flight home from Denver. In the meantime, though, I know that you're going to be working diligently on material over at NorthJersey.com where people can check out your work, some of it for free and some of it behind the paywall, but you can have access to Andy's paywall work and everything else at NorthJersey.com for just 99 cents. For six months I don't mean 99 cents a month I mean 99 cents for six months so about 15 cents a Month you get all the great local sports and news trust me it's a great deal I'm a subscriber you Should be too Andy when people go over there to check it out and take advantage of that great 99 Cents for six months deal what are they going to see
1: yeah I mean well we've, we've got a full breakdown Of Sunday's loss and, and why it was so discouraging for the Jets on Monday I'll dip into Zach Wilson's performance and what he needs to do to be better and what some of the guys need to do around him to be better. Um, And then talk about the challenge that Robert Sala faces, you know, trying to change this whole everything around. I mean, it's just such a all encompassing challenge and, you know, even the fans are frustrated because they feel like they're seeing the same thing. It's just hard to turn that momentum around. Um, and kind of want to get into that and everything that goes into that. And obviously, we'll be getting you ready for the, the Titans with a full preview of them and everything the Jets should expect on Sunday when they return to MetLife for regular season game number two at their home stadium.
0: Check out Andy's work over at NorthJersey.com. Subscribe, 99 cents for six months, so 15 cents a month. Gets you everything at NorthJersey.com. Follow Andy on Twitter as well, at Andy underscore Vasquez. And check out everything we're doing over at PlayLikeAJet.com and the PlayLikeAJet YouTube channel. Luke Grant is putting up... Great videos on a regular basis over there. He's got film breakdowns coming up. I'm sure he's going to have quite a few from this game. So watch all the videos and subscribe to the channel if you haven't already. And give us a five-star review for the podcast on iTunes if you haven't done that already. Easy way to help out the show if you like what we're doing doesn't take you much time, doesn't cost you any money, but it goes a long way to help us out. So if you could go ahead and do that for us, we'd be quite grateful. And for the latest and greatest in the New York Jets podcast and content, you know where to go. That's PlayLikeAJetDigital and PlayLikeAJet.com.